This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. So, we usually speak about uh, a certain uh, gadol and uh, try to go through a biography a little bit. The, we're holding, we're going and feed a seder of the years and we did the Rivash last time, and now we're going to do the Rashbats, Reb Shimon ben Semach Duran. So, like always, I try to explain where I get the material from, because stories are wonderful, but they have nothing to do with the Metzias, and therefore, the, the only things that are really trustworthy are things written either by the person himself, or contemporaries who, who are part of that world. Lamaisa and the Rashbats himself left over 900 chuvas that we have, and he also sfarim, uh, and he wrote a lot about himself, he wrote a lot about his tkufa, and that's where the information comes from. Somebody actually put together in the 1920s, 30s, uh, um, Dr. Isra Epstein, Rabbi Dr. Isra Epstein, he put it together, basically took out from the chuvas and made it into sort of a, uh, a, a biography. There's a, th- that's usually the only trustworthy places. The only issue sometimes is, it, if you're quoting exactly what it says is one thing, a lot of times you infer something. So you have to use some sort of discretion. But upon him, um, the, the materials from there. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a very stormy tkuf and kaisrols, and and what it is, it's, he was born in 1366. That was the, the, when it was born of Shimon He was born in, um, I don't know if he was born there, but he certainly grew up in a place called Majorca or Majorca. It is an island on the east coast of Spain. So um, the east coast of Spain is the Mediterranean. And you have right underneath Spain is North Africa, Morocco, Algiers, Libya, so on. Um, and this island is sort of in between. It's important because that's why they emigrated to Algeria. So he was born there in 1366. The, um, it was an island that was part of Spain. It sort of was affiliated with Spain and very wealthy. Today it's a very it's a posh resort, and in those days it had a very big kahila, very very big nice kahila, um, and unfortunately in the first kufa it was destroyed and destroyed again. W- everyone talks about the Spanish Inquisition of 1492, that that was second. In 1391 was the first huge wave of pogroms. Unfortunately, a lot of Jews shmad. A lot of Jews were killed, a lot of Jews expelled. It was the beginning of the Churban. At the beginning of the Churban was in 1391, and in Majaka itself, it was, there was a, a pogrom. It's part of the, part of the, um, the Sedadur's rights, 300 people were killed, Al-Kiddush Hashem, 800 ran away, and the rest converted, the rest shmat. That was in 1391, and with that, it came to an end. 
His family was a wealthy family, and he himself also was an accomplished actor. And he hadn't planned on becoming a, a, a Rav. In other words, he was very big Tam Tchachem, a huge Tam Tchachem, but he didn't want to use Rabbanis as, as Parnassa. And he was planning if, you know, there was, he had the money, family money, and, and plus being a doctor. He, um, in, it all came to end in 1391. They lost all their money. The money was left behind. He writes about it. And he came, the place that they went to was Algeria, the way the Rivash came to Algeria. Algeria was a forsaken and backward poor country. That's what it was. And Vimela, he said, they had no, people did not care for doctors. They sort of, were, I think they liked better witchcraft or something like that. And, and professional doctors were not, were not in, in need. And therefore, he, um, he didn't have how to be misparnis. And he writes in, in one of his forum about this issue of something that bothered him. He writes in, so, so besides Chuvis, the main other safer we have is a safer called Muggin Ovis. Muggin Ovis is a, it, it's, on, it's on philosophy. It deals, there's three halakim that deal with Emun and Hashem, Teirem and Hashemayim, and Mashiach and so on. Basically, the three main points. That that that's a it's a big safer. It, it deals with all these things. He and then he has a fourth chelik that is appears on all pikavis. A chash appears on pikavis, uh, called Moginavis. The um, he he also has a lot in that safer repudiating Christianity, Islam, um, and Karoyim. Those were the ones that he. Um, obviously had to deal with and he writes a lot, he, he goes through the shittas and argues with them and so on at some point I guess the um, the censors were not happy with that or whatever so they took out all those parts they made it its own chibur and then at some point many many years later they re- reinserted it but for a while it was its own chibur so he was a majorca or Mallorca, depending on how you pronounce it, and was driven away. They, he ended up in Algeria. He was in his 30s, mid-30s, when he came to Algeria, and his only partner could be Rabbanis. And he writes how he lost the money. This is, he writes, this is in Mogan Ovis, on the Mishnah about um, not, you know, not taking money for learning, he says, um, he said he had, he had enough money to live on, and he learned medicine, which was a very good profession in um, in Spain, which he calls Eretz Edoim. And we 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 left our all the we left we ran away from there. We left all our money, and whatever money we had, we had to give the Goyim, they shouldn't shmat us. And therefore, he says, I, I, I feel that in circumstances like this, I need to um, use, make use of my Rabbanis, and it's muta, and it's appropriate, and so on. That was his position. So he ended up in Algeria, he became a Rav. The more senior Rav was the Rivash, 
like we spoke about last time. The Rivash was 30 years a senior, I think, and he was junior to him. But it's fascinating. There's, they were very close. They had some very sharp machlokas. We'll see soon about what. Very sharp machlokas. They didn't, there was a very sharp machlokas, but they still remained afterwards. They still remained friends. There was still chuvas back and forth, a lot of mutual respect. But on, on the issues that they argued, they argued. The, um, the, the Rashpats had learned in his youth, he writes to somebody, I'm not sure what the context is, he's trying to make some point. He said that he had learned everything. He learned philosophy, he learned medicine, learned sciences, learned astronomy, he learned, and he said the only emiss is in Torah and in Kabbalah, Chachmas emiss. That's the real emiss. Everything else he learned because it was important, he needed it, and so on. He wasn't Isaac much with it later. He has two of his chuvas are fascinating. One of them, someone asked him to explain the Moilat and so on. He said, I don't have the time because if you were here, I would draw you diagrams and show you. I need to be able to draw a diagram and show you, but when I was young, I went through the whole thing, and I'll just give you a brief explanation about what's the Gela Maiz Alacha. The another place, like there's a there's a shaila about a certain comets in a word in the Torah. It's comets katna, comets kadal. The 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 Rashpatz goes through it, and he and he you know explains when is this, when is that, the other one. Extraordinary breadth of how many different inyanim that he was in command of, and he writes. He, 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 he I, I assume from that, from the way he writes that he was an extraordinary Talmud and he absorbed everything he could get of. And he said the heta, he writes in one of his chuvas about what's the heta for learning all these other things. And he says in Damash HaTashev that it was very important to know and understand what the Goyim believed so that he could refute, that he could repudiate them. He writes also what is Chochmas Yivanis, and what, and what things are also to learn, what things, it's very Meirachanit, and he explains himself. But his basic point is, living in a world where these, these shitas are, are current shitas in the world around you, you have to be misachasit and so on. Um, in Algeria itself, the poverty was great. He writes in, in a tshuva, someone asked him, about the, the amount of money that Exuba is worth. It doesn't seem to be worth a lot, whatever. And he says, when I lived in Mallorca, it was, it was a laughable sum. Like, people lived on a much higher standard of living. He says, in here in Algeria, he says, besides the fact that people are hungry most of the time, he says they sleep on the floor, or at best, they have like an animal skin underneath. They wear the same clothing at the day and at night. And most people walk barefoot. So he says, in a place like that, the amount that the Gemara mentions is a serious amount. He says that was the same thing was true. The poverty was the same in those days. And he brings all the Gemaras, all the Chazals about, you know, how much he earned each day and what you could buy with it and so on. Hillel and the traffic, two traffics and so on. The, the, he, he goes all the Chazals back upon him. In Algeria, people were very poor. Two, they were very primitive. And in, in, in terms of Shmiras and Mitzvahs, they had no real clue what they were doing. 
there were very few, there were no Tamir Chachamim. And like he said, they, 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 they were erratic. Some things they were machmer in ways that there was no reason to be machmer, and some ways they were makel. The Rivash, who was a contemporary, they're both not the same issues, brings in a tshuva. The Rivash, maybe was his son, the Rashbash, he, he brings that, that the minhag was that every day of the shiva, they would go to the base Akvaris, which is asa. They're not allowed to leave the shiva. The minhag came from the Muslims. That was the Muslims did, and they, they did the same. And, and he brings many places where he's very frustrated with their quote-unquote minhagim, and a lot of times he says he's, he's just not worth making a fight about it. But the silly, the comic low place, people don't understand, and so on. The Rivosh and him, and then his son, who was Reb Shleim and Reb Shimon, the Rashbash, were the ones who brought halacha and Torah. There were no place, no dayanim. They used to go to the local Kadi, the Muslim fellow, to, to Paskin there, the Nitairis. That was it. There was, no, there, was no, there was nothing else going on. You have no choice, you have no choice. The, the, um, that was the state of affairs they found over there. Now, the Rivash was older, and they, 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 people wanted, or whatever it was, the king appointed the Rivash as the sole Paisic of Algeria. And he would Paskin all the interiors himself, and everything he said went. The Rashbash, the Rashbash, was very against it. And this was a big machloik between the two. And he writes an extraordinary tshuva about it. He says, I want to make it clear that I am far inferior to Rivash. The Rivash is much more hashib than me, and the Rivash is worthy of passing himself. But it's wrong to do it that way. And he has four reasons why he feels it's wrong that somebody should have A, sole authority, and B, that appointed by the king. First of all, and he writes, you know, he, he feels everyone can make a mistake, and if there's no one to correct you, then what's gonna happen? What do you do if the people coming from the terror are your friends or your enemies? And how do you avoid that? You're the only person. And also, he felt very strongly against the king. It, it coming by the king, it means that they have too much power over the Jewish community. And he writes very strongly against it. The, the Rivash was very upset with it. Rivash writes in one of his chuvas that he's very upset with, the, with him. But they continued afterwards <coughs> the friendship and they had, uh, there was a lot of chuvas back and forth, a lot of you back and forth. But it was a very strong issue between the two. Some other very interesting chuvas of his. Um, let me just see what's so he writes okay about the Anusim we spoke last time about the Rivash so the, the, the Anusim were a big issue many of the Jews had converted to Christianity and the question was accepting them back um, when they were when they, when they wanted to come back so no one had a problem with people who sincerely did tshuva and they wanted to come back. There are a lot of people that were sort of floating in the middle. And the reverses in the tier was to be machmir, 
and to say that if they wanted to, the question was, well, why don't you, why didn't you run away? Why didn't you go someplace else? Why, and so the rivash was a little more machmer, and the Rajput writes very strongly that we should give them the benefit of doubt. Nobody knows the other person, nobody knows the tsarist, and so on and so forth. But he stuck up very much for Anusim. And his own community, unfortunately, there were so many that, that had become Anusim. Um, there is a very interesting letter. It, it, again, it's published in the Chuvis. He writes to the people of Mallorca, Tochocha. And he writes them, um, I, don't, I don't see myself as a person who's living with Tochocha. And Chazal you know, write about how important so you have to be but I see I have to write and, I, and, and it's, I must do so. And he writes to the people of Mallorca, you came, in 1391, the community was Kharif. The reason was, he writes, because of the terrible Machlokis. And you were Zoha to come back and repopulate it, and you still have these terrible Machlokis going on, it's terrible, you must stop immediately, very strong about that. And also, he's very strong about the fact that people would shave their heads, um, they would shave their heads, not um, leaving payas halacha, and therefore, the Ayyubadiz Surim. He also writes about them sitting and drinking with the wine with the Goyim and Yainesa. So those are the things he writes a very long, very sharp against them. Then he finishes off like the very P.U.P.O.S. He says, you know, I heard Prashav be doing well. I'm so happy. And then he writes an addition to, to his truva or to his teichacha. And he says, um, After I wrote this, they didn't listen. And they all, I don't know if Nishtamdi means were killed out, or it was something that was, um, it means that they, they shmat. But whatever it was, he says, they didn't take my, um, they did not take my Musa, and the male, they were gone. Um, a few more very interesting points. He writes, there was a Dintaira of, it was the gear money of Yusayimim. And he writes, um, he writes that the way they want to deal with it is wrong halachically. And he says, you don't know halach is special mishpat. So halachically, you don't have a right to take it from the mother. And besides which he says, um, even if halachically you'd be right, just because the amount of money and the Yusayimim involved you should leave it for them. It's riches not to give it to them. And he says, because the problem with you is you're not used to dinim mominus, to, to, uh, to, to keep halacha dinim mominus. The only thing you keep halacha is how to bench, how to um, how to check for trephis and, and, and grasshoppers. Um, but being honest, and, and kind in, in money, that you have no shaykhs to whatsoever. Very, very sharp tshuva. And he says, um, and I'm worried, he said, that, I, that if you don't listen to what I'm saying, a Kurdish Baruch will take Nakama. It's a very, very sharp. 
he writes another interesting truth, another two interesting truths about shuls. First of all, he says, um, the, 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 what you write to me about young, about Bachram leaving in the middle of Kriyas Atayra, um, he says, um, I, 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 you know, and then he says, if they do it occasion is one thing, but if they do it bequeas, I guess origins of the Kiddush Club, um, <laughs> it says, Nira Piruk Oil Teira, it's, it, it, it seems they're just being Piruk Oil Teira, and if they leave the Teira and don't come back from Musav, the Tzibur should put a Knas on them. And then he says something very interesting. He says, Hizoru milahatul cherem, but don't put a cherem on them. They're not going to listen to you. And in the end, when it comes to charamim on very serious things, they're not going to listen. In other words, if you take something like a cherem and you make it cheap, and you make it, uh, and, and that's like, it's, it's when you create a surim on things that are just, you know, common, then people never listen to you. You have to understand when to use a powerful weapon. So, the, the, so yes, people leaving by Aftira and not coming back from Musav is terrible, and you should do some penalty. But to have them, but, but, but to put them into harem, you're destroying the, the harem, and, and that's, that's no good. A second issue um, was interesting, was not wearing shoes in shul. This is very interesting. There was a sh- it, the Muslims do not wear shoes in a mosque. It's considered to be a, a disgraceful um, wearing shoes in a mosque. And the Mela, you take off the shoes. And in one shul in Algiers, they did that, and they asked him if it's appropriate. And he said something, he writes something very interesting. He says, there are certain halachas that are absolute and they're true always. In Yonim of COVID is something which depends on each place. In Christian countries where walking with your boots is chashev and you stand in front of a king with walking boots, then walking without shoes is a bizarre. In a Muslim country where people do not wear shoes in holy places, and if you come in front of somebody, Hashem, you take off your shoes, then Adarabah, the cover of the is not to wear shoes. And people should not be wearing shoes, and it's a good thing, and especially because it makes you into laughing stock, and the Goyim say, look at these people disgracing the shoes, and so on and so forth, and therefore he says it's a very good takana. Very interesting. In, in other words, what he's saying over here is that there are things that really depend on on each place and so on and so forth. And it, it, it varies between place to place. One or two more interesting things that he writes about. He writes about um, a dream that he had. There's, there's a shayla, there's a halachic shayla about if you have a sircha. A sircha is, um, what's the right word for it? it, it it's, it's, it's like... Um, a white uh, membrane that grows in usually when you have some wound or something or other. There was a certain, there was a shayla and a certain sircha, a certain type of sircha when you have a, a, a wound, when you have a mak on the outside of the daifin and so on. So the people in Algeria 
were noyheik to be lahakal. Um, he he writes he had a dream that the that he that he's eating trefus that the that that he's sitting and eating trefa food. He wakes up and his shamus knocks on the door and he says, you know, I've come to bring you your meal. He said, the meal was also now it's muta. He says, what do you mean? He said, there was a shail on it. There was a sircha in this place. And we went and asked the Rav and Rav said, it's muta. So he said, no thanks. I'm skipping the meal today. And he didn't want to tell them that it's because it's also he felt it's not right because they were noyik heta. He said, you know, I'm noyik minus chasidus. That's something that was asked to a chacham. I don't, I don't, uh, you know, I, I don't, uh, you know, eat as minus chasidus and so on. He brings one more interesting thing about a tainus that 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 they were goyza in the time of Rivash. He says there was a. Um, there was somebody who had a dream that if, they, if they're not going to fast X amount of days, then, it, it, like, the, like a Bahab or something like that, there'll be a terrible Xera. The Rivosh was Mechabalit, and it was Goiza Tainis. People laughed at it, and he couldn't, and he said that he couldn't get a minion, or barely got a minion, for, to, to daven to fill a, of a Tainis, because people just didn't buy into it. The Rivash, he said, had harata, that it was Geyza. And he writes himself, I didn't like this person who had this dream, but I felt if the Rivash was Geyza, then, then you have to do it. And I, 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 I fasted and so on. And he writes that many years later, this person who had this dream was Yotzel Atavis Ra, was, was uh, you know, Shmadbun, or whatever it is. But a very interesting, um, he, he writes that even though he held it wasn't right, but if the Rivash is Gaisatinus, you have to go along with it. Like upon him, um, he's, he's he, the, the, the um, his Chuvis are, the big, if you take a look, Mechon Yushalayim has put out the Chuvis Rishainim, and the Rivash's Chuvis are out, the Rashbash's Chuvis are out, the Tashbits is, and, and his son, the, the, the Rashbash, those chuvas they put out, his his chuvas are, are brought fifty times in the base Yosef. They are chashva chuvas. His sefer Morgan Ovis is a chashva sefer. It's not so widely known. It's a very chashva sefer. Lemaisa, the, the three of them, him, his son, and the Rivash, were really the ones who established Algerian Jewry. There were Jews living before him, but it was really a, 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 a it was a churm. It was people. Who had no didn't understand any Yiddishkeit, nothing. Hashkacha had it that when Spain became emptied out from 1391 onwards to f- culminating in 492, many new Jewish communities grew. It's very interesting. The Stalschluss. It started at first. North Africa had the Hashvikilas like the Rift, Rimigash, others. Because of Redifus, they went to Spain. And then when Spain became impossible to live in, some of them ended up in North Africa, and that's where these killers were. And the, 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 those three were the ones that sort of established it from A to Z. Um, that's the, the Rashbats' place in, in, in history, 
and um, it basically is the end of uh, not much more, not many more we can talk about to finish the Spanish Kufa. Spanish, this is, from 1391, it started, Spain started closing out, and basically it, it was, it, the, the last hundred years was all down. We, we had the Barbanel, we had the, the there, but basically the big Kufa Rishonim is, comes to close at, at this period of time. Okay. Bye. Uh-huh.